are worlds between our own, and from these worlds there are written histories, both ancient and modern. To read of these testaments scrawled in hidden places and on other things, you must fix your eyes uncomfortably within you, and if successful, your gaze will unlock the door behind raw imagination and meet the manuscript of innumerable folios known as the Dark Darkness. Hello, I'm Sharkchild, and this is the Dark Verse. Testament scrawled in hidden places and on nether things, with the sole purpose of sharing with you a unique world of horror and fantasy that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. This is a special episode, and that is because I am going to be narrating the story. It's not going to be the voice that you normally hear. And the reason is because this story is about the character of that voice. Ah, now you see. Now you see why it is special. So this is going to be a -a one-of-a-kind narration that you have never heard before. So I hope that this instills more history and life into what you know of as the dark verse. Let's begin. Let me introduce you to the voice of the Dark Verse, episode 72. This is the story of Vasavar, the unreasoned voice. Medic, Aliyah, Sturge, and Krim sat anxiously on hard wooden chairs around a wooden table in the basement of the abandoned house in Semtar's forest. The basement was lit by candle flame, but the moonlit night sky peeked through holes and cracks in the faltering aged floorboards above. Animals and insects scurried in the shadows. A strange scent saturated and impregnated the air. The atmosphere was dense and heavy. These four aforementioned friends were those who chose to initiate the inspirited of Vosifer, so to become commissioners of distant things. In vulgar communication, each of them had heard the unreasoned voice, the necromantical acoustics of Vosifer's ever-reaching wisdoms, and followed it into dream, passing mind to it, 
allowing it to transfer elementary knowledge of outline pre-creation matters and instill seeds of ethereal connection. It was not by faith or fate that these four stumbled into ears grasp of the unreasoned voices' accounts. The four pre-inspirited, Medic, Aliyah, Sturge, and Krim, had each read of Vosifer. They had uncovered peculiar tomes of explanation in the backwoods of Semtar's forest, in the trees, in the soil, in the stones, rocks, and boulders. By looking at these items, they saw maps of interspersed space that flashed before them like implants of memory. And when these testaments were visually ingested from those whimsical media, whether consciously or in the subconscious, in wood or dust or cloud, the unreasoned voice entangled itself upon the words in mind, birthing in sight, but culminating as sound. Upon such interaction, the relationship between life and thought were altered while senses of unnatural utility were equipped. Each of the pre-inspirited was touched in a unique way, medic by intellect, Alaya by artistry, Sturge by audacity, and Krim by translation, an ability to convert the unreasoned voice's words to their own. Within these links, Vosifer sparked flames of otherworldly power and infernal curiosity, communicating to them the ritual for its access to their flesh and to their world. It was this ritual that they were about to perform. Within the abandoned house in Semtar's forest, the pre-inspirited all breathed in and out shallowly, spewing frost from their lips as freezing temperatures strangled their warmth. An uncertain, mysterious anxiousness glazed over their eyes. Expectancy sat heavy within their chests. Is everyone ready? Medic asked. Yes, Sturge said. Yes, Elia said. Yes, Krim said. In the middle of these four pre-inspirited, on the wooden table, sat a large basin of sub-freezing, isolated lake water. Then let's begin, Medic said. He then led everyone in the act of taking off a single glove. On the count of three, Medic said. Everyone took in a deep, frozen breath. One. Two, everyone joined in on the count. Three. Together, the pre-inspirited slid their bare hands into the basin, letting them be devoured wrist-deep by ultimate cold. For a moment, their minds were erased as the terrible chill attacked their hands. They cringed and breathed heavily. Now we wait. Medic's words digressed from his lips in a struggle while he squirmed in his chair. Strain and relentless focus dominated their countenances while their hands rested in the water for the first few minutes. Eventually, before too long, their hands were numbed and the discomfort dampened. Once the necessary time had gone by, the pre-inspirited removed their hands from the freezing water, revealing transformed appendages white and void of blood. Each of the plummeted hands had been consumed by frostbite. For an unknown amount of time, the four pre-inspirited were caught looking at their hands, doubting the right that they had begun while daggers of regret pierced their chests. Fear had now manifested itself in that basement of the abandoned house, in Semtar's forest. We have to continue, Medic said in response to the silent hesitations. Let's get the basin off the table. Come on, hurry. Medic, Krim, and Sturge each gripped the basin's rim with their good unfrozen hands and lifted the basin to the ground, revealing an intricate design on the top of the table that had been carved by Aliyah. They then sat back down in their chairs and placed their hands in the middle of the design, 
Aliyah did the same. The design had an obvious center and an obvious border. The center was a circle comprised of wispy curls culminating in a labyrinthine, cloud-like, intra-universal starscape. The border, blending with the center, yet being clearly identifiable, coerced a plot similar to a kaleidoscopic array of abstract, geometrical shapes. When you're ready, turn your palm up, Medic said, followed by his own act of turning the palm of his frozen hand upwards. One by one, the rest did the same. When all four hands had palms turned upwards, Medic nodded towards Krim, and Krim voiced these words in glorious sound, words given to him by the unreasoned voice. From the core of darkness, give us blight. Let us see with newfangled sight, hindered by blood. Release your tide, infiltrate flesh, renew our hide. The frostbitten hands of the pre-inspirited began to shimmer then bend, then break. They shattered from wrist and fell together in a collection of intermingling person. Each of the pre-inspirited let out muffled gasps while trying desperately to hold back the sounds of unwieldy terror. Then there was steam. The pieces melted into a single cohesive mass and filled in the carving on the table before bubbling and boiling away into the air. That air which caught the vapors, voided, turning gray and then black. Its haze of nothingness loomed over the table between the pre-inspirited, who now were in states of mystified shock, tearing a hole through time and space before traveling past all things that existed to those things lurking in the bowels of nether dispensation. Those vapors, once wrists, once liquid, now gas, that traveled to the unimaginable reaches seen in the wound of time and space, then came back and replaced the negative space upon the severed flesh of the pre-inspirited, creating new hands, hands of the unreasoned voice, hands of sound mass. Pre-inspirited, they were no more. They were now the inspirited of Vosifer. Medic, Elias, Sturge, and Krim could each feel the power that replaced their hands of flesh and blood. Their new hands could not be seen, but they were there, filling space through foreign energies of mass. Where hands of flesh should have been connected, veins and tissue ended at invisibility, and where blood should have gushed into the open, it coursed into an invisible entity where the hands should have been. They could flex these hands, grip them, manipulate them expand them, transform them, and burrow them through space to beckon forth amazing abilities. They were in awe of what had occurred. They were violated inexplicably. They were restless. The unreasoned voice was now a part of them, spewing language of dark empires and reverberating verbiage of spectral volumes of otherworldly, transuniversal histories that numbered the stars throughout their beings. But the sacrifice was not complete. It's not enough, Sturge spoke. What's not enough? The power? Medic challenged. No, Sturge said. Then what? Krim chimed in. We can do better, Sturge said. I can do better. What in all earth are you talking about? Elia now asked. Just say what you damn well want to say. Our hands, Sturge began, but before continuing traversed his hand through a chaos of transfigurements, are but trifle embodiments of Vosifer. I hear the unreasoned voice just as all of you do, but it is not complete within us. With only hands, we cannot fully bridge our essences to Vosifer. I and each of you are still flesh and blood. Sturge then got up from the table and began scavenging throughout the basement. 
When he found what he was looking for, he made his way to the abandoned house's exit. He was holding rope and a saw. Come on, follow me, he said. The rest of the inspirited knew he spoke the truth, so they did not stop him. They followed him. Sturge led everyone to the middle of the frozen-over lake where they gathered the water and ice for the basin. Once led there, the others knew what he planned to do. So, without speaking, to endow a certain impression of reverence, they helped him prepare for his undertaking. Krim affixed the rope around Sturge's body, checking and double-checking the knots he used to secure it. Medic took the saw and cut a circle in the ice. Alaya cast her new hand upon the loosed circle of ice and crumbled it into powder that fell into the water below. Then Medic, Alaya, and Krim all grabbed hold of the end of the rope not tied to Sturge. Sturge looked at his friends, then at the hole in the frozen over lake, and then jumped inside the water without hesitation. He swam deep, as deep as the rope would allow him, before he nestled himself against the cold and the death it brought. In time, Medic, Alaya, and Krim pulled the frozen Sturge from the water and took him back to the abandoned house at Semtar's forest. Once in the basement, Medic, Alaya, and Krim unclothed the frozen Sturge and placed him atop the wooden table, positioning him in a manner that allowed every part of him to be within the table's edge. Again, Krim spoke the words given to him from the unreasoned voice. From the core of darkness, give him blight. Let him see with newfangled sight. Hindered by blood, release your tide. Infiltrate flesh, renew his hide. The frozen sturge began to shimmer as like the hands in the previous ceremony. The body contorted and then it broke apart, splintering into pieces of frozen man. Acting against gravity and the laws therein physics, the pieces in their entirety remained atop the table, held firmly by unseen powers. The pieces steamed and then melted, filling the carving beneath. The liquid of the frozen sturge, which in mass had more volume than the holdings of the carving, overflowed and rose up, still held by the invisible barrier of the table. After not a moment more, the liquid sturge vanished into the air and became the void portal, traveling to the reaches of Vossifer before coming back to settle again upon the table as new mass. Sturge, are you there? Elia asked. Do something, Sturge, Medic said. Let us know that you're there. Medic, Elia, and Krim waited in anticipation. For many moments, there was silence. But something did break that silence. It was a voice. There is no Sturge, it said. His essence is now but a vessel for me in your world. I am still where I have always been, but now I am also here. I have come. That concludes episode 72 of The Dark Verse. You can download all of the past episodes at thedarkverse.com or on iTunes. If you have an extra second, I would greatly appreciate it if you rated The Dark Verse on iTunes. And if you like The Dark Verse, if you could pass the word along about it to your friends, that also would be exceptional. I have a book. It's called From the Passages of Revenants, The Dark Verse, Volume 1, and you can buy it at thedarkverse.com from my store 
I'm selling them right now for $17.99. That's with free shipping, so support me. It's a hardcover book, and it includes artwork by John F. Stifter. So don't miss this first edition copy. It's pretty sweet, and I'll sign it for you. I know. I know. All right. I'll catch you next time on The Dark Verse. Enjoy yourself and your life because you don't know when it will end. All stories on The Dark Verse are the sole property of Shark Child and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without my written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love. <laughs>